This is a podcast from the Business Times. Singapore shares started the week on a muted note. The Straits Times index headed down 0.2% at the open, but ended with a gain of 0.2%, closing at 3,254 points. On Tuesday, Singapore shares started in the red. The STI fell 0.1% at the open and ended flat. At the midweek, Singapore shares opened stronger after global markets rallied overnight. The STI rose 0.6% at the open, maintaining the momentum to close in the green at 3,275 points. And on Thursday, Singapore shares opened in positive territory. Following overnight gains in the US and Europe markets, the STI headed up 0.2% at the open, but closed flat, slipping 0.03% to settle at 3,274 points. It's Friday, July 21st. Welcome to Market Focus, a weekly look at market drivers and movements from the Business Times. In for Clarissa Montero, I'm Howie Lim. Singapore shares started trading in slightly negative territory this morning, down about 0.1% at 3,271.2 points, following mixed trading sessions in the US and Europe. Here's Amelia Tan, market analyst at SGX Securities, with her overview of the trading week. In the week till date until Thursday evening, STI gained around 1%, while regional markets declined slightly at half a percent as investors digest key economic data across the region. Most notably earlier in the week, China reported that its economy for the second quarter of this year grew 6.3%, lower than what economists had expected. Looking back in the Singapore market, top three outperformers for the week for companies with a market cap of at least 500 million Sing dollars were Digital Core REIT, Tianjin Pharmaceutical Tarantang Group and Semcom Industries, averaging 10% gains. On the other hand, top three decliners for the week were SIIC Environment, Food Empire and China Aviation Oil, averaging 3.8% declines. In terms of institutional fund flows in the Singapore market across the last five sessions through to 19 July, we observed net institutional fund outflows of 168 million Sing dollars. Inflows this week continued to be driven by Citrim, which received net inflows of 16 million, followed by Hyphens Pharma at 11 million and Semcom Industries at 9.8 million. Largest outflows this week were recorded in UOB, OCBC and SIA, totaling 128 million. By sector, the highest net inflows over the last five sessions were seen across utilities at 9 million, healthcare at 5 million and technology at 3 million. On the other hand, largest outflows were seen across financial services at 120 million, consumer cyclicals at 20 million, and REITs at 14 million. For the more passive investors, the top five traded Singapore-listed exchange-traded funds across the week were the Lion OCBC Securities Hang Seng Tech ETF, SDI ETFs, SPDR Gold Shares ETF, CSOP IHS REIT Leaders ETF, and the iShares Asia High Yield Bond ETF. Some of the SCI ETFs, REIT ETFs and bond ETFs recorded more than a million in net inflows for the week. Uma Devi joins us from the news desk. Uma, what's going on? Give us your take of the week's highlights. It was a relatively muted week, Howie. Traders were watchful of the ongoing corporate earnings season, both locally and in the US. While inflation levels are beginning to show early signs of tapering off, investors were much more cautious in terms of stock market participation. Market watchers said equities have performed extremely well recently, as economic data has been more promising and the banks kicked off earnings season positively. 
but they warned that this could have perhaps lifted expectations a little too much and markets are now seeing some profit-taking heading into the end of the week. Take, for example, the latest earnings announcements from big wigs like Netflix and Tesla. These failed to boost investor optimism and spur trade over in the US, where certain aspects of their financial results had fallen below street expectations. Observers have said that the early days of the second quarter earnings season is unlikely to bring with it too much action, as investors have low expectations for most stocks. The only exceptions, perhaps, are the mega-cap tech stocks listed in the US. Over in Singapore, interesting news in the stock market included conglomerate Keppel Corporation, which on Wednesday broke ground for Singapore's first hydrogen-ready coal generation plant. This plant is Singapore's first power plant to be announced in seven years and is expected to be completed in the first half of 2026. This announcement further reaffirms Keppel's active shift to cleaner and greener energy across all its business segments, including data centres and renewable energy assets. Emilia will have more later on. One of the units of transport operator ComfortDelGro has also backed a six-year contract to operate rail services in Paris, marking the company's foray into France's rail operations market. This is also the first such move by a Singapore company. The contract is for an initial term of six years, and there is also an opportunity for further extension to nine years. Apart from companies, the latest six-month Treasury bill saw cut-off yields fall to 3.85% in the auction that closed on Thursday. The auction garnered $12.2 billion in applications for the $5.6 billion on offer, representing a bid-to-cover ratio of 2.18. The latest cut-off yield was lower than that of the previous six-month tenure of the T-bills, which stood at 3.99%. The previous auction also saw fewer applications at $10.3 billion for the $5.4 billion on offer. On the commodities front, crude markets have recently found firmer footing, which is led by strengthening physical indicators and is also consistent with a market pivot to a deficit. The rally in oil markets could extend if threats of Russian supply cuts continue, but observers have said there is also now a downside skew to China demand risks. Gold, meanwhile, is nudging higher, buoyed by weaker inflation data from the US, Eurozone and the UK recently. This has fueled hope that interest rates won't have to rise as much as feared. Looking ahead, the local earnings season kicks off proper next week. Majority of Singapore-listed companies are expected to report their earnings for the first half of the year. IFAS Corporation and Suntec Reed will also announce their results on Thursday. Banks are in focus. UOB will release its financial results for the first half of the year on Thursday next week, while DBS and OCBC will announce their financial results in the week after next. On Monday next week, Singapore will announce its consumer price index figures and inflation rates for June. Industrial production figures for June will be announced on Wednesday, followed by a Treasury bill auction on Thursday. Still to come, economic data and highlighted stocks of the week. The Business Times podcast team brings you Lens on Singapore, a monthly podcast which looks at the impact of global developments, changes in society and government policies. Many of the issues are not unique to Singapore but part of a wider phenomenon that will affect us and the region we live in. Hosted by Clarissa Montero and Howie Lim, Lens on Singapore is proudly developed and presented by BT Podcasts. First episode out on July 17th. And now, back to market focus from the Business Times. Amelia, could you highlight the most notable news for the week, please? Well, Howie, 
Singapore's non-oil domestic exports fell 15.5% year-on-year in June, following declines in both electronic and non-electronic shipments. This marked the ninth straight month of contraction for Nordics, and this was in line with the 15.6% decline that private sector economists, polled by Bloomberg, had expected. Key exports to Singapore's top 10 markets as a whole declined in June, with shipments to all markets shrinking except for those to Hong Kong and China. In May, Enterprise SG cut its full-year outlook for Nordics, expecting it to contract 8-10% to instead of the zero growth to a contraction of 2%. In tourism, Changi Airport's passenger traffic reached 5.12 million in June, crossing the 5 million mark for the first time since COVID-19. There were also 27,500 flights that took off from or landed at the airport. This is around 88% of pre-pandemic levels in June 2019. Changi Airport Group noted that passenger traffic to and from Northeast Asia continued to show steady improvement, rising from around 50% of pre-COVID-19 levels in January this year to 25% by June. Singapore Government Agency's Economic Development Board and the Infocom Media Development Authority have awarded around 80 megawatts of new capacity to four data centre operators through a pilot exercise that aims to enable the sustainable growth of data centres. The four operators are Equinix, GDS, Microsoft and a consortium comprising AirTrunk and ByteDance. EDB and IMDA noted that they aim to allocate more capacity in the next 12 to 18 months. In real estate, the Ministry of Law and Singapore Land Authority announced that foreigners will be required to get government approvals to purchase land currently zoned as commercial and residential. These changes were made to safeguard residential land for Singaporeans. These commercial and residential properties may include shopping centres, hotels, as well as office and residential properties. Sites zoned as commercial and residential must have at least 60% of floor area used for residential purposes. Some analysts note that the change might hit the shophouse market hardest. Okay, Amelia, on to Clarissa's favourite part of the week, the weekly game. I am going to say the name of a stock. Let's see if you can give me an update on them. Ready? I've got this, Howie. Okay, we start with a big one, the national carrier, Singapore Airlines. SIA announced that its SIA and Scoot Airlines carried 2.9 million passengers combined in June, up 50.4% year-on-year. It saw strong passenger traffic and load factors across all route regions. This was due to the robust demand for air travel during the mid-year school holidays period and the start of the summer travel season. However, cargo operations registered a load factor of 51.6%. This is a decrease of 13 percentage points due to weaker demand. Next one is courtesy of Uma. Yes, tell us more about Keppel Corporation. Keppel announced that its consortium with Mitsubishi Power and Jurong Engineering has broken ground for the Keppel Sakura Cogen plant. This is Singapore's first hydrogen-ready cogeneration plant. The plant is envisaged to be able to save up to 220,000 tonnes per year of carbon dioxide as compared to Singapore's average efficiency for equivalent power generated. Such savings translate to taking about 47,000 cars off the road per year. That's it? Feels like there's more though. Mm-hmm. Let me see. Oh yes, Keppel also announced that its private funds and a co-investment program have acquired a 13-storey building in Seoul from the Bank of Korea. With this acquisition, Keppel has closed over $1.5 billion worth of deals in South Korea since 2021, among other prime real estate and infrastructure assets. This brings Keppel's South Korean assets under management to around $2.6 billion. What about Comfort Del Gro, Amelia? What are they up to? 
ComfortDelGro announced that it has been awarded a contract to operate rail services in Paris, France. This marks the group's first foray into France's rail operations market, and it's a first by a Singapore company. This comes less than two years after ComfortDelGro won the contract to operate rail services in New Zealand, representing its first overseas rail operations. The contract in France is for an initial term of six years, with the opportunity for further extension to nine years. Hey Uma, do you have another one for Amelia? Sure, let's do a read. How about Manulife US Read? Mm. Manulife US Read noted that the real estate valuation of its portfolio has declined by 14.6% to 1.6 billion US dollars as at end of June. The decline in valuations was due to several factors, including higher discount rates and terminal capitalization rates, as well as continued weakening of occupancy performance across the US market. The REIT is expected to report a loss in the first half of 2023. Manulife US REIT's aggregate leverage has risen to 57%, following the new set of valuations, passing the 50% regulatory limit. Since we're talking about REIT, you've got to tell us about Sabana Industrial REIT. Of course, and because we're headed into earnings seasons yet again, Sabana Industrial REIT is the first REIT to report in this earnings season. Its gross revenue for the first half of 2023 rose by 23.2% year-on-year to $55.3 million, mainly driven by a higher portfolio occupancy rate as it achieved record rental reversions of 20.1% during the period. The growth in revenue was largely offset by higher property expenses, including higher utility costs, and hence its net property income increased marginally by half a percent. The REIT also posted a distribution per unit of 1.61 cents, up 1.3% year-on-year. All right, thank you, Amelia Tan, market analyst at SGX Securities, also Uma Devi from the Business Times News Desk. This has been Market Focus from the Business Times in Foclaressa Montero. I'm Howie Lim. This is a podcast by the Business Times. Find more BT podcasts at businesstimes.com.sg slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties' products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.